0: This is Global Marxism. I am Frank Goss. I appreciate your participation and hope this information provides you with food for thought as we consider the confusion we're facing in America today. Most of us have no idea what Marxism actually is. We need to define terms, not according to our opinion, but based on prudent facts. Our politicians are telling us you're as free as we say you are. Now, how can this even be possible? Let's back up and consider our history. Let's look and see what is meant when Barack Obama said that he wanted to fundamentally change America. Let's see if these things are indeed remotely possible. The critical nature of things is really, really astounding. As we look at society today, it's hard to imagine where we are exactly as a society. It's hard to envision the corruption and the perversions that walk on the streets today. And we all say that this is liberty and freedom. Well, that's a lie. It's a perversion of all morality and decency. And there are a lot of people who are outraged regarding the teaching of critical race theory. And admittedly, it's, an, it's a horrible idea that inspires and builds nothing but racism. and brings racism to the surface of children's understanding. This idea, Derrick Bell's concept of critical race theory, brings about a racism that builds a wall, a wedge between the white man and the black man. The black child walks away saying, well, I'm bad because I'm having struggles and I'm not doing good and all of this is because I'm black. The white man, well, he fares quite well, and he does good, and he has a nice house and drives a nice car because he's white. The white man needs to be ashamed because he's white. He needs to be ashamed because he's inherently a racist. He looks down at anybody else that is not white. It's something that's bred into him. It's, it's not something he can apologize, apologize for. He can't escape it. It's part of who he is. It's his nature. So we have a society that is polarized by racism. We have a, a society that is fundamentally white for all intents and purposes, and therefore it's systemically racist. We should all be ashamed. But this is all a lie. It's a lie. It's what we hear on television, it's what we read in print, it's what we hear on the radio, but this is a narrative that's being put forth by a nefarious enemy, a lying enemy, a group that will lie in order to get whatever they want, a group that does not know how to blush, a group that wants to see American culture destroyed. If America is such a racist nation seeking to suppress and oppress the people of color, somebody needs to go and tell Aliko Dagoti, he's a black man here in America that is worth over ten billion dollars. Or Mike Danuga, nine billion. Robert Smith, five billion. David Stewart, four billion. Oprah Winfrey, three billion. Michael Jordan, two billion. The data shows that out of 106 million people within the black population, 24% are millionaires, while 15% of the white population are millionaires. Well, this would suggest that 76% are less than millionaires, right? And in the white community, 85% are less than millionaires. And the bulk of these numbers would be considered middle class. Then why why does everybody seem to point to the plight of the black community, that people are living in such abject poverty in America? Well, there are communities that are like this, but you know what? They aren't relegated just to black people. There are white people there, too. There are people of various colors living there. Why does there seem to be such a disparity? Because people are making it seem like there's a disparity to bring about equity, perhaps what we should do is displace 140 million Caucasian people, right? Relocate them, get them out of the nation, get them out of the way. And then there would be a true balance, an equity, correct? This is what our government is wanting to bring about, an equity within the situation. Well, the activists and the radicals who truly have done nothing to help the population of the blacks for the past 80 years here in America, want to exacerbate and accentuate the plight of people who are not white. Why? Because it builds attention. Now, if you're thinking that a politician within the federal federal government is sincerely considering the plight of the underprivileged, you need to think again. There are no programs developed and managed by the federal government, developed primarily by the Democrats, that have ever advanced the standard of living of this sector of our society. They give money. They've established a welfare system. They have food stamps and Medicaid and housing assistance. And these are all socialistic programs. These programs tend to remove any initiative on the part of the individual. And if they work, they go to work and make too much money, they lose all their benefits. They lose their food stamps, they lose their welfare, their housing assistance, and their medical coverage, their free phones and child health insurance, and so on. The Democrats knew exactly what they were doing when they set up this program, and they created a collective. Their arrogance and condescending attitude towards the black community is contemptible, and is more than offensive. They're using the black community as a straw man as they seek to corrupt voting integrity. They're telling you and I, the white guy, That the black man does not know how to secure a driver's license or proper identification. He's helpless and ignorant, uneducated, unschooled, unable. And we need to take this into consideration. We need to understand that the black people are basically dumb, according to the Democrats. When the Democrats began their efforts to secure the black vote, they unloaded a plethora of government programs that essentially paid the black community to remain Unemployed and uneducated. They developed a program that allowed more income if there were more children. The incentive was to have more children. More children would grow up to vote more for Democrats. The more kids, the more money for support for the family. Welfare mamas were found all over America. The attitude of subservience was being developed, a bondage that tied the black man to government assistance. The Democrats were teaching the people of color that they could not survive without the benefits provided by the government. In that they received these benefits, they were expected then to provide a vote in each of the election cycles. Drop the ballot in the box, go back to your corner, collect your checks, sit down and shut up. This attitude was revealed very clearly during the 2020 election when Democrat Joe Biden said, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. The black vote is expected by the Democrat. It had been bought and paid for, for quite some time. It was not the black skin that Biden was appealing to. He was demanding gratitude from the black attitude that had been nurtured since Reconstruction. We, Biden was saying, care for the blacks and the people of color. We've given billions of dollars just to show how much we care. The black vote to the Democrats is a given, it's expected. They take it for granted. There are a myriad of government programs available to the black and brown and underprivileged communities. The United States have offered these communities more opportunities than any other nation in the world, bar none. What other nation can say that they literally fought a war to make sure that the black people were free? The white people fought a war to make sure the black people were free. Now, was that a racist war? The numbers show that this sector of society has far, far greater opportunities here in America than anywhere else in the world. But what are blacks being told? Bernie Sanders and his mighty Marxist minions are preaching white supremacy, systemic racism, oppression, and abuse. They're creating a wall of division in the United States. They're walking all over the Constitution, in order to get across their Marxist intentions and goals. If you know anything about Marxism, creating a division is one of the first steps towards true revolution. When I mention revolution, I'm not speaking of wars and riots. I'm talking about a true change. You must have an oppressed group to which you can appeal. The emotions must be incited, and a true sense of subjugation and tyranny must be inspired in the minds of the oppressed. The oppressed. They have to have a desire for freedom. Freedom from the chains that bind them. Freedom from the people who are seeking to rule over them. They have to be convinced that these chains literally exist. So today we have Black Lives Matter, a Marxist organization, Antifa, a Marxist organization, and the nonsense the Marxists are putting forth. And it's nothing more than a package of lies, misrepresentation, and a twisting of facts. They're after the narrative. They have to control the narrative. If they control the narrative, they can persuade a nation. Now, step back and consider this. Present day, it's January 2022. The Democrats control the media in almost all of its forms. The National Educational Complex, Hollywood, television, radio, They've revised history and are patiently moving the public on towards their goal of the eradication of Christianity, destruction of American culture, and ideas of charity. They want you to know that this is not really communism. No. But it is socialism. It is progressivism. But my friend, it's well known that there is a little difference between the two. As Barack Obama said, he said there is little difference between socialism and communism. Both control the resources without private enterprise. And in both, government has the first and last say on everything. This is where we're moving. The oligarchs are telling the government. The government is telling the people. And the people, well, they wear their mask and stay home. If you're a child of the 50s, you will easily recognize what I'm saying, and you'll understand. You and I can look back and lament, and we can say to ourselves, boy, things are not like they used to be. We can also say in the same breath, and it's not how it's going to be in the future, is it? Many will shrug and say with alacrity, well, that's just progress, right? Well, no. No, it's not. When we're losing our liberty and our freedoms after having been spoon-fed lies and propaganda for years, this is not progress, it's regression. This is the deceptive nature of communism. It's the Marxist aim to replace individualism with collectivism without the public ever realizing that this is what's happening. Today, looking at the reality of the situation, it appears that there's no turning back now, as our youth are now considering totalitarianism and socialism as an appropriate means of government. Where do you think they learned that? Do you think their mothers and fathers taught them this? Or they taught this in their schools and in their classrooms by their teachers, where the message is delivered over the television and through the movies and through the music that they listen to. It, it goes slow, and the communists are patient. The Marxists move quietly in the back. But they do move. Ladies and gentlemen, it is more critical than we realize. Frank Goss with Vintage Broadcasting. We do appreciate your participation in listening to our broadcast. We hope that it benefits you in some way and that you'll continue listening in the days to come.